This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. In today's show, Bitcoin price shows a textbook Wyckoff move as the Bitcoin bulls defend $25,000. In breaking news, pro-Bitcoin U.S. congressman says sound money is essential to defending freedom. Preach. Also in today's show, we'll be discussing Bitcoin's clean energy usage reportedly exceeds 50%. However, why hasn't Tesla started accepting Bitcoin payments as Elon Musk promised? Hmm. Also in today's show, Bitcoin primed to surge by over 70% in a 2015 stall price jump, says top crypto analyst Mikhail Vende Pop. I'll be sharing his timeline. We'll also be discussing the one and only Michael Saylor predicting a $5 million Bitcoin price and what's the likelihood of this coming true. Also, what has recently broken the internet, Tucker Carlson gives Bitcoin a massive victory with his recent interview with Javier Millet. In fact, that interview now has over 330 million views. Quitting Max Kaiser, Tucker and Javier heading to 500 million views in 24 hours. The appetite and the Spanish-speaking world for truthful economics reporting is unbelievably huge. And Max also points out he's scheduling a trip to Argentina to meet with Javier Millet. So make money private again. Let's go. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this fam, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome, everyone just tuning in. This is pod episode number 1402. I'm your fearless leader, JV, and today is September 15, 2023. Lots to cover. Obviously, I'm very looking forward to sharing with you the highlights from that Tucker Carlson interview with the pro-Bitcoin candidate who is running for president, Javier Malay. I mean, considering they've already received over 300 million views in a matter of 18 hours, goes to show you the popularity of this man, but even more important, the message behind it. You know what I mean? But anyways, let's kick off today's show with our market watch as we do here each and every day. You can see Bitcoin back in the red, but we maintain uh, 25000 as a strong support and we're currently above $26,300 as the other day we just had a pretty decent pump. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, we're still sitting above that trillion dollar milestone, but we have been stagnant here for quite some time. It's pretty alarming. <laughs> we also are sitting at a $24.5 billion market cap and the Bitcoin dominance has been on the rise, currently at 48.9%, with the Ether dominance, which has been pretty stagnant as well, at 18.6%. 
8%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours, we got R Weave leading the pack up 8%, trading at $4.40, followed by XDC up 5%, trading at 5.5 cents, followed by Maker up 4%, trading above $1,200 and $14. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past week, we have Hex clearly leading the pack up 11.4%. And so there you have it. Which altcoins, if any, are you currently bullish on? And how many of you have been taking advantage of this recent dip? Let me know in the comments. And make sure to say hello in the live chat. Shout out to Tom, Andy Surfer, Bitcoin Maximus, Digital Dankness, DCA Bitcoin No Alts, and the entire Bitcoin fam. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now let's dive into today's Bitcoin TA, uh, shall we? Check it out. Bitcoin consolidated higher on September 15th, as analysis described the recent Bitcoin price behavior as textbook, as you can see here in the Bitcoin, one hour candle chart. Data from Cointelegraph and TradingView showed the largest crypto focusing on 26.6 below a key breakout level. Bitcoin has shrugged off the latest U.S. macroeconomic data reports the day prior, joining traditional markets and heading higher despite hints that inflation was more stubborn than expected. And amid a renewed bullish mood, we had analyst Mikhail Vendee Pop, who shared the following, Bitcoin might be able to activate a potential bullish breakout, although we need to make sure that it doesn't retest the lows again. Referencing news that Germany's largest lender, Deutsche Bank, had applied for a crypto custody license and Vande Pop I-25,000 as a level for the bulls to steer the market away from. Quoting him again, we have seen a sweep at 25,000 and should be holding up on the higher numbers. And in that case, we should be holding 25.6 to 25.9 as beneath there, we'll see a ton of stops to be activated before we can actually see some movements. And despite remaining below a cluster of key moving averages, the 200-week exponential moving average continues to act as support reclaimed in March and an important feature at the start of any bull market. Now, I think that the odds of the low to be in on this cycle has increased, says Vande Pop. Why? We're looking, holding above the 200-week exponential moving average and likely will be closing above that for this one. He also says that September is not rectember and seems to be what we'll be having continuation from here. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the analyst. He also highlights that 26.8, the previous day's high as the line in the sand for us to break through. So keep your eyes out on that level, fam. And taking an optimistic long-range view, we had trading resource stock money lizards. What a username. <laughs> Only in crypto. Likewise concluded the further Bitcoin price upside should come next. The analysis compared the past year's price action to an extended accumulation phase using that Wyckoff method. This describes the price cycles of an asset and correctly identifies the trigger after a swing low known as a spring in the Wyckoff, which can reveal the beginning of a new uptrend or a return to the previous higher trading range. So for stock money lizards, the spring occurred after Bitcoin bottomed out in late 2022. Quitting him here, we have seen the spring in January, breakout end of March, and now the second throwback textbook Wyckoff behavior. That's right, which you can see here, and that's pretty clear. I also believe that the low is in at 15,700, which we hit in the fourth quarter of last year. But let me know your thoughts, fam. And uh, this just in, breaking news, pro-Bitcoin U.S. Congressman, Mr. Davidson, says that sound money is essential for defending freedom. I agree 100%. Let's freaking go. Also, shout out to Congressman Tom Emmer, as I covered in yesterday's episode, as he is doing his anti-CBD push over in Congress. So he has my support, as I am totally against CBDCs, and I am pro-Bitcoin, which is the antidote to those central bank digital currencies. Now let's discuss, remember that promise from Elon Musk a few years ago, where he said, if you can prove that the Bitcoin mining has more than 50% clean energy, and yes, I am paraphrasing.
paraphrasing FYI, that um, he will start accepting Bitcoin again for payments for Tesla. And he never stood by his word. And now it is official that more than 50% of Bitcoin mining is using clean energy. So let's break this down, shall we? Elon said in 2021 that Tesla would accept Bitcoin payments once the miners were using roughly 50% clean energy sources, what positive future trend, a benchmark that had been recently met. In a September 14 thread, Bloomberg analyst Jamie Kautz reported the percentage of the Bitcoin mining energy coming from renewable sources, which exceeded 50%, with falling emissions plus a drastically rising hash rate. And according to Kautz, the push towards renewable energy sources was the result of miners dispersing from China in the wake of the country's mining ban, which started back in 2021, and as well as a certain amount of nations turning to mining to monetize the stranded and excess energy. As he uh, reveals here, sustainable energy resources rise greater than 50%, falling emissions plus a dramatically hiding hash rate can only mean one thing, that is Bitcoin mining is consuming more sustainable energy in its mix. So take that, Fudsters. Now, countries investing in Bitcoin mining include, obviously, El Salvador, the first country to make Bitcoin a legal tender back in 2021. Also, Bhutan, Oman, and the United Arab Emirates. The 50% energy benchmark could mean a greater move towards adoption by one of the biggest companies in the world. So there you have it. Now, Musk, the CEO of Tesla, owner of X, as well as SpaceX, announced Tesla would stop accepting Bitcoin payments back in May of 2021, citing the rapidly increasing use of fossil fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions. Now, I know it was nothing more than a FUD attack because he receives his wealth from government subsidies. So naturally, he has to push that FUD narrative. I truly believe that. But what's your thoughts, chat? Now, since establishing a sustainable energy source threshold of 50% for when the firm would resume payments, Musk acknowledged that there was a positive trend towards green energy sources that hasn't changed Tesla's policy. The Tesla CEO did not appear to have publicly announced any move to resume the Bitcoin payments. So can he be an enemy against Bitcoin? Well, I know he holds a Bitcoin on his balance sheet, but it's very interesting. I just can't seem to figure this guy out. But, you know, as they say, trust nobody, verify everything. That's the motto here with Bitcoin. But let me know your thoughts, chat. Do you trust Elon? Do you think he'll accept Bitcoin payments for Tesla? Or do you think he's just going to continue pushing that FUD uh, narrative that Bitcoin is like bad for the environment and all that nonsense? Let me know your honest thoughts. And now let's discuss a potential 70% pump for the King Crypto, according to top crypto analysts, Mikhail Benepop, thanks for everyone just joining us and tuning in. Make sure to let me know where you're tuning in from at the end of the show. I'll be shouting everybody out and reading your comments out loud. So let's go. Crypto analyst Mikhail Benepop says Bitcoin can shoot up to over 70% in a similar move to 2015. Vande Pop tells his subs the Bitcoin may be repeating a pattern in 2015 when Bitcoin remained in a sustained trading range before a big upside move ahead of the 2016 halving event. Now, the next halving event, which happens every four years, is expected in April of 2024 when minor rewards are cut in half, which is approximately only six months out. How many of you are pumped for the halving? Let me know, chat. Now, here's what he says. You can see that we are building a beautiful range, which means this is very much comparable to the price action we witnessed in 2015. Let's go there. Here in 2015, we have been establishing a range in sideways action for a long time and couldn't break through it until the pre-having run took place. That's facts. The trader says he is keeping a close eye on the 200-week exponential moving average, which he says is now acting as support. He suggests Bitcoin's market correction is over and Bitcoin will now retest the range highs, which could send it more than 70% higher than its current value. Quitting him again, I wouldn't be surprised with a Bitcoin pre-having 
to be as high as 45,000 per coin. That is most likely the case here. The chances that we're going to retest the 200-week EMA are relatively slim. So if we hold above a few crucial levels, I think we're going to continue with the upwards momentum. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the crypto analyst. And according to him, one likely scenario that can play out for Bitcoin is a rally to about 32,000 next month or a retest of 28.7, followed by a breakout to higher levels. Also like to throw out there, I believe that the annual high thus far was on the cusp of 30 $2,000. So my question for all of you, when do you feel the Bitcoin price is likely to hit a new annual high? Do you think that will occur sometime here in the fourth quarter or not till next year? Let me know your honest thoughts, chat. And now let's break down our next story of the day, the latest from the one and only Giga Chad, Michael Saylor, the founder of MicroStrategy, the largest corporate holder of Bitcoin. They currently hold like over 150,000 BTC on their balance sheet. Now, this is the man right here, the myth, the legend who needs really no introduction. Now, Sailor's projection is roughly 50 times higher than most optimistic experts forecast at eight, but such a massive valuation for a digital asset, is it even possible? Let's discuss it. For this to happen, three conditions need to be fulfilled. The launch of a spot Bitcoin ETF, banks offering financial services using BTC, as well as the official regulation of cryptocurrencies in the United States. Now, fortunately, two of these uh, three conditions are almost met. Many speculations say that the first spot Bitcoin ETF will be launched this fall. And of course, uh, Michael Saylor shared his three catalysts here. So we're not making this up. This is coming directly from him. He actually shared this on an X post. He said the three catalysts that will take Bitcoin to 5 million, number one, spot ETF approval, which is inevitable, uh, banks custody and lend against Bitcoin as collateral, which is coming soon, as well as the fair value accounting rules from the FASB, which has already been approved this week and supposed to go into effect later this year. Now, it was also reported earlier, as I just mentioned, a financial accounting standards board is working on a new accounting standard for companies holding cryptocurrencies. Companies will have to report their profits and losses immediately rather than just once a year, increasing transparency for both the investors as well as the public. Now, what about the third condition? Let's break it down. Banks seem to be interested in Bitcoin, obviously, especially if they feel threatened by more efficient financial systems such as XRP. Some banks, such as Deutsche Bank, have already started offering cryptocurrency services, as I covered in great detail in yesterday's episode. So if you missed it, you know what to do. Check it out after today's show. Now, other competitors are also gearing up to do the same. Um, as uh, mentioned in South Korea's HANA Bank, uh, KEB HANA Bank, one of South Korea's largest financial institutions, announced a partnership with cryptocurrency custody company, BitGo Trust Company, to provide digital asset custody services starting in the second half of 2024. So there you have it, another massively bullish catalyst for next year, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, right? This is, for example, the case with the Korean bank, which in cooperation with Bitco is launching an asset storage service. However, as Saylor points out, this condition will only be fulfilled if the banks start lending money against Bitcoin as collateral, which would be a reason to never depart with your precious BTC. Just saying. Currently, this rule only applies in cryptocurrencies and companies, but if this continues, banks may soon feel this is the way to move forward. So what are your thoughts, fam? Do you think Michael Saylor's prediction of a $5 million Bitcoin 
Bitcoin price is likely to come into fruition and by what year. I feel it's inevitable. We all know the two biggest catalysts for next year. Bitcoin ETF approval is inevitable. I believe the next deadline for the SEC is October, the following month, which it'll probably be pushed back until next year, which is going to be around the time right before the halving, which can set the storm. I mean, fireworks, explosion, all that great stuff, parabolic rise, new all-time highs, send it, and let's freaking go. And that second biggest catalyst, having. So we have ETF approval, and there's literally about a dozen massive asset managers, not just BlackRock, that's the world's largest 10 trillions with assets under management. There's Fidelity, four and a half trillion, it goes on and on and on with the Bitcoin having all in the same year. Come on, fam, tell me you're not bullish. Shut your mouth, just saying. Anyways, now let's break down our next uh, story of the day and discuss the latest with a big, big uh, Bitcoin victory thanks to Tucker Carlson and Javier uh, Malay. Let's break this down, shall we? Uh, so here we go. Javier Malay is considered to be the front runner to be the Argentina's next president. The Bitcoin-friendly presidential candidate recently attracted the crypto community's interest, owning to the rise of the Bitcoin price following his win in the recent primary election, as we've been covering here in the show. The candidate is known for his strong views against the control of central banks and economies. Ahead of the broadcast, uh, Carlson described the candidate as probably the next president of Argentina, quoting him here, Javier Malay in Buenos Aires, enemy of the Washington Post and probably the next president of Argentina. Let me know your thoughts. I personally think absolutely, considering the interview, and I'm going to be sharing the highlights from this recent interview uh, with uh, Tucker, um, just based on that, the fact I get over 300 million views in like 18 hours goes to show you how much the people demand and want this guy to continue to speak and represent them. Argentina is a big country. What if, hypothetically, he was elected president, which there is a very strong chance of happening, and he adopts Bitcoin as the legal tender, then game on. And we already have Max Kaiser who tweeted, or on X he posted right before I went live, he's going to be visiting Millet in Argentina. And we already know Max is responsible for orange pilling some of the biggest in the space, from Michael Saylor all the way to Ricardo Salinas, the third richest man in Mexico, you know, the billionaire. So shout out to Max Kaiser. Love what you're doing, fam. And I appreciate all the support. I know you reposted uh, today's show on X, so can't say, uh, you know, uh, much more great things about you because what you're doing is uh, fantastic. And I greatly appreciate it, of course, fam. But anyways, this could be a particularly big boost for Bitcoin hodlers as Malay's election as the next Argentine president can likely bring in yet another head of the country in support of digital assets after Nayib Bukele, the current president of El Salvador. Bukele had created history by becoming the first leader in the world to adopt Bitcoin as the legal tender. In response to the statement, a Bitcoin supporter stated that Carlson should ask the presidential candidate if he'll consider making Bitcoin a legal tender in Argentina. I mean... Wouldn't you want to know that question, the answer to that question as well? Meanwhile, details on the exact date and time have already taken place. So that was just a little preview. Now, here is the post right here. Episode 24, Argentina's next president could be Javier Millet. Who is he? We had traveled to Buenos Aires to speak with him and find out. And as you can see here, 336 million views. I'm going to refresh it. I bet you it's higher from, you know, 10 minutes ago when I pulled this up. <laughs> Let's see. 339.6 million views. Let's rick and go. And as Max Kaiser shares right here, Tucker plus Javier heading to 500 million views in 24 hours. Heck, let's send it to 1 billion, shouldn't we? Let's do it. 
Everyone repost this interview. The appetite in the Spanish-speaking world for truthful uh, economics reporting is unbelievably huge. And I could say that 100% as well as I agree. And as Max points out here, I am scheduling a trip to Argentina to meet with Javier Millet. Bitcoin uh, and Hayek are at the top of the agenda. And then he quotes Millet, make money private again. Right now for the highlights from the actual interview, which just took place, was just released roughly 18 hours ago on X exclusively. As you know, Tucker is infamous from being on Fox. He left Fox or got fired. I don't know all the details behind the scenes, but he left. And now his episodes on X are getting hundreds of millions of views per show. So I bet you Fox uh, is really disappointed and whatever happened with him leaving, because, I mean, he was probably getting less than 10 million views per episode on the major network. But now that he is on X, it's going viral, everything this man does. So it's incredible. So much respect to Tucker Carlson as well. Anyways, here are the highlights from the actual interview. I'm going to share as much as I could in the limited time that I have, and then we'll do a little bit of live Q&A before I got to pick up my daughter from school. So anyways, we're in downtown Buenos Aires, the capital of Argentina, and he gives a beautiful intro, and he talks about how hyperinflation is destroying the economy, which is so sad to see. Quoting him here, you see it when you have dinner here at restaurants and people pull out bricks of local currency, the peso to pay. It feels like uh, Weimar Germany or Zimbabwe, but it's not. It's a developed country that's moving backwards at high speed. And because of the frustration that's built up across the population, particularly amongst the poor people, a man called Javier Millet is poised to become its next president. Let's freaking go. I say, let's get this guy in office sooner than later. But who is the guy? A former soccer star goalie, a performer in the Rolling Stones cover band, and a libertarian economist but not libertarian like an American libertarian. And let me get to some of the questions specifically Tucker uh, asked uh, Malay. So his first question, Carlson asked Malay to explain his popularity, and he shared, Argentina is a country that has embraced socialist ideas for the last hundred years. So classic libertarianism, uh, liberalism is a natural form of rebellion against the system, and rebellion is always led by the youth. When they look at me, they see someone talking about liberalism and rebelling against the status quo. The opposite of what you think when you look at President Biden, right, fam? Let me know, chat. Carlson responded by asking how anyone can support Argentina's socialist status quo, given how it's wrecked the country's economy and made everyone poor. In response, Millet explained how leftists used the guise of social justice to fool the people. Quoting him here, Argentina's embrace of socialist ideas began with the idea that seems attractive but is actually a terrifying way to operate an economic system. System. The idea where there is a need, there is a right. It's a problem because there can be infinite needs. Yeah, exactly. But someone always has to pay for those rights. And the resources for that are finite. That sparks a conflict between infinite needs and infinite resources. So in the liberalist views, the conflict is easy to resolve through economic freedom and private property. This is a natural mechanism to resolve this tension in a society. But the socialists don't much like the invisible hand. They prefer the clause of the state, right? Now, they hide it behind the discourse of social justice. This sort of social justice is deeply unpopular because it is premeditated by unequal treatment under the law and preceded by a robbery. Preach. I mean, this man is speaking my language. Now, during the course of the interview, Carlson asked Millet what advice he'd give to GOP presidential candidate Donald Trump. 
Interesting response here. I would tell him to continue his fight against socialism because he is one of the few who truly understand what the fight against socialists and status mean. He perfectly understood that wealth creation resides in the private sector. Facts. He also says, the state doesn't create wealth. It destroys it. Preach. The state cannot give anything because it doesn't produce anything. And when it wants to do it, it does it horribly. From my humble position, the only thing I would say is he should double his efforts in the direction of defending the ideas of freedom without giving an inch to the socialists. So there you have it, fam. I mean, those are just some of the highlights. Obviously, I would encourage you to check out the interview directly from Tucker Carlson. I haven't even watched the entire thing yet. I like watched half of it. I was pretty excited. I'm looking forward to watching the second half. And uh, yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to Max Kaiser as well, the high priest of Bitcoin, sharing his two Satoshis. I mean, especially getting a private interview with Javier Malay, because we know it'll be Bitcoin focused, whereas the interview with Tucker wasn't focused on Bitcoin whatsoever. So you got to keep that in mind. So I'll be looking forward to that interview with Max. And as soon as it's released, I'll be sharing all the juicy details with each and every one of you. And I'm sure I'll even personally transcribe it myself so you can get those insights firsthand. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.